Welcome back to Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, back with you with another episode about a small hero who has a huge impact. This is Ant-Man and the Wasp's journey through the MCU. Ant-Man has a big impact on the events of the Infinity Saga, and yet he is only introduced at the very end of Phase 2. So let's talk about his journey and along with the Wasp and see what greater impact they've had on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot of the things we learned throughout their story, and where their story just so happens to be going with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media coming out this week. I love Ant-Man as a hero, and it was one of the first times I was thinking Marvel is really stepping outside the box and taking some chances on some of their properties. In the comics, Ant-Man was originally an Avenger, and he was technically going to be with the Avengers a little bit earlier on. Uh, However, the people at MCU decided to wait a little bit longer to put him into the mix. Um, The original Ant-Man... In the first Ant-Man movie was Hank Pym, and we learned that Hank Pym has been operating as Ant-Man for years. And Scott Lang, when we get to him, he is just the next in line of taking that mantle, kind of setting up superhero roles in the MCU to be able to be taken by other heroes and not let the name of the hero die with that hero when they go. Um, Maybe setting the stage a little bit for Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, coming up in New World Order. Um, sorry for the spoilers, but it's kind of well new, well known now that um, Sam Wilson is our next cap. But for me, the definitive Ant-Man is Scott Lang, Paul Rudd. And I remember thinking, how is Paul Rudd going to be part of the MCU? Age of Ultron just came out. A very dramatic Avengers movie. A lot was at stake, the whole world. And how are we going to go from this to that? And in terms of like what we got, it was really great. I thought it was a lighthearted movie with a lot of lore. And in the first Ant-Man movie, we learned of the quantum realm. We meet, we learn of Pym particles. Um, and it's just a really fun heist movie. Scott Lang is a former convict, and he was kind of doing a Robin Hood kind of thing where he was working for a company that was kind of stealing from its customers, so he decided to steal back from the rich and give back to the poor, that locking him up in jail for three years. Now, I did watch a video on Screen Crush on YouTube, um, and they pointed out the amount of time that Scott is like jailed across these movies and kind of under house arrest, and um, you start with three years and you move on later and you you find out that like just let's just jump ahead scott lang misses a total of 10 years with his daughter throughout the course of these movies just either being on arrest or being away from her um in her life um so i'm going to credit screen crush on youtube for that little piece of information i probably wouldn't have even gone on to rant about it on this podcast if it weren't for that video um so go check screen crush out one of my favorite sources ryan Airy is so good um at breaking down pretty much anything you want to know about any marvel property so um inspiring anyway so Scott Lang goes to jail for three years um, previous to even meeting him. So he's missing out on his daughter Cassie's life, um, which we find out that Cassie is just the driving force of Scott Lang. Everything Scott does in these movies 
is really for his daughter. You know what? I can immediately go back on that a little bit. Like if Scott was thinking maybe a little bit more clearly, maybe he wouldn't have gone um, to fight with the Avengers in Civil War uh, with Captain America because that got him in a lot of trouble. But back to that in a bit. We're going to go back to Ant-Man that came out in 2015 at the end of Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phase 2, the final movie of Phase 2, where Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, his wife, were on a mission to stop a nuclear weapon from hitting the United States. They were under the names Ant-Man and the Wasp at the time. And the only way to disarm this nuke was to do something that in the movie Hank warns Scott against, and that's going subatomic. And there's a regulator on the Ant-Man suit that stops him from going this small um, because you will enter a void in space that is impossible to get back from uh that we learned to be the quantum realm and in the first ant-man movie we don't know how big of an importance this is going to be it's kind of this like hypnotic place that we never really had seen before up to this point and it was kind of just bigger than us so uh the quantum realm as a concept to begin with was just so awe like awe-inspiring like whoa there there's this whole other element to the marvel cinematic universe that we yet to even know about um and it's interesting for a character like ant-man such a small character literally to be the one to bring us there and such a comedic character and they don't hold back from letting scott lang uh played by paul rudd they don't stop from letting him be really funny and whether that be some of the lines he delivers like giving his first aunt a name called antony uh one of my favorites and he goes on to do that in later uh movies with like ulysses ulysses at grant (laughs) i love that uh Paul Rudd brings so much to the role of Scott Lang. It's almost like Iron Man where it's like Ant-Man is Paul Rudd. Like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Um, and I think Marvel goes to great lengths to like build a world around the actor that's playing that role to make it feel so natural. Um, along with Evangeline Lilly is the Wasp, uh, Hope Van Dyne, who lost her mother. And she didn't really know why up until this movie. Um, and she she kind of held resentment towards her dad from not letting her take on the Ant-Man role. The Wasp is something that her dad didn't want her to become because he didn't want to lose his daughter like he lost his wife uh, into the quantum realm or anything like that. Just on a mission, uh, she gave up everything. Uh, well, her his wife, Janet, did give up everything for her daughter and the United States technically because she saved she saved the world uh, in a sense by stopping that nuke but Hank also gave up everything um, Hank Pym and he can't lose anything else so this kind of goes into why he takes on another protege named Darren Cross and brings him and uh, Pym Technology I think it's called Pym Technologies in the movie if I'm wrong correct me um, or don't you don't have to correct me. I don't really care. Uh, but this is where we meet Darren Cross, who goes on to kind of go like above Hank's head and start to create his own technology similar to the Ant-Man. And Hank never really tells Darren about Ant-Man. He keeps it a secret. He says it's just a tall tale. Um, all the while, Darren, throughout you know however long 
in the background, he's creating this technology called the Yellow Jacket that does exact is attempting to do exactly what Ant Man does: shrink. And he's remaking Pym particles, something that Hank has been working on since the like 1970s or 80s, you know. And he this is this is Hank Pym's technology. So this is where we get our hero uh, being born, uh, Scott Lang being kind of the criminal in a sense that he is he he's like like i said kind of like a robin hood um he gets tasked to go steal something um and little little does he know it's like a, a setup to steal the ant-man soup from hank pym uh it sounded like i said ant-man soup and i said ant-man suit um and ant-man soup sounds disgusting <laughs> uh the Ant-Man suit is stolen by Scott Lang, and it is, like, completely set up by Hank Pym just to kind of see if Scott's capable. Scott does his heist with his kind of workmates, uh, Lewis, Kurt, and Dave, and they're kind of really great comedic relief when Lewis recaps to Scott how he got him this gig. Um, it kind of goes back and recaps, like, everyone who talked in this scenario with Lewis's voice going over them. Uh, that is a great running joke throughout these two movies, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I wonder if they're going to do anything like that again in this third one. Um, you know, the, the second one seems to pay off a lot of homage to the first movie. And, um, you know, while one Captain America can be wildly different in theme and tone to another, um, both the Ant-Man movies, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, they kind of carry a familiar tone we also get a really nice cameo from peggy carter and howard stark uh at the beginning of the movie where we see young hank pym kind of denying them his technology which kind of explains why we haven't heard of ant-man up to this point and he's been kind of just in the background so darren cross hank pym's protege is using the technology that he's creating for evil and he wants to like weaponize um these suits these ant-man suits called the yellow jackets and basically sell them actually sell them to hydra uh so he's gone full supervillain uh, in a short period of time um he even like uses his technology to like zap a guy into like nothing in the, in the bathroom floor and he wipes him up with a paper towel um darren cross is set up to be kind of like a really big supervillain um and we lose him and we lose him in a very similar way to how we lose the Red Skull and that he is kind of zapped away into a portal at the end of this movie. And we don't hear or see from him again until possibly a later point. Um, so he enters the quantum realm because he loses his mind when he finds out that Scott is planning a heist with Hope, who's working for him at that point, And Hank, his former mentor, he loses it and he decides to put on the suit and go full supervillain against ant-man uh he even goes directly to ant-man's daughter's cassie's house to like take her hostage i don't know what his game plan here is he just snapped and wanted to get revenge on scott lang for kind of taking his spot as the next ant-man uh, because once like Darren Cross learns that Ant-Man was a thing. He goes full force on the yellow jacket and he starts shooting lasers at Scott and they have a fight in a helicopter. Um, there's a whole great action sequence where like they're fighting on a miniature train set. The whole finale of this movie is just on the bedroom floor of Cassie's room. And uh, this is when Scott realizes the only thing he can do to disable the suit is to go subatomic um, because 
he can't break into the suit and shut it down. So he goes into Darren Cross's suit and shuts it down subatomic, bringing them both into the quantum realm. Um, Scott being trapped in there, like not knowing what to do for a few seconds, going deeper and deeper um, into this wild dimension of many shapes that we've yet to see in any Marvel movie, like I said, um, until he realizes he has one of his objects that can make things bigger and are smaller so he puts it into his belt um where the regulator would be and he comes out of the quantum realm proving to hank that it is possible to come back from going into the quantum realm and going that size because up until this point when hank lost his wife he figured that there is no way of ever getting her back one of the best parts of this movie was when ant-man was going on a heist to steal some stuff from an old Stark compound, which ended up being our modern-day Avengers facility. And who was on guard? The Falcon. And we get our first, like, hero-on-hero fight post-Avengers. And uh, we didn't just did not expect this coming. And guess what? Ant-Man whips the Falcon's butt, goes into his suit, and takes him down from the inside. Kind of becomes Ant-Man's signature thing throughout the... Uh, next few movies in that uh he, he knows how to get around super suits and uh, shut them down from the inside like high style and uh you know falcon's like you better know and better never tell to cap about this <laughs> it's just so it was so good to see the new compound um right away because that was established in the previous movie um and another reference to age of ultron uh was hank pym telling scott like aren't they too, aren't the avengers too busy dropping cities on people's heads so there's like a little lead into the conflict uh of the of ant-man's next appearance in civil war um but the post-credit scene of this movie was hank pym introducing hope to the wasp suit so we knew the wasp is on her way by the end of this film and he said i think we were always making it for you me and your mom so we get the wasp finally being introduced in the first Ant-Man movie at the very end. She doesn't suit up in this one, but we do see the old Wasp, uh, Janet, in action for a small amount of time in a flashback in this movie, which there's like an opening in the second Ant-Man where we kind of get to see this scene in way more detail, which is really cool. We get to see Scott again in his next outing in Captain America Civil War that was released on May 6, 2016. And this this movie needs to be talked about on its own in another episode, which I, I haven't done a Captain America Civil War episode yet. I will get to that eventually, uh, but we can talk a little bit about this movie. Um, the Sokovia Accords need to be put in place because the Avengers have been causing a lot of destruction in their superhero battles. So the battle in new york um the battle of sokovia with ultron um and then there's a thing that happens in lagos in this movie where scarlet witch accidentally bombs um a building and you know hurts innocent wakandans uh this is where we meet wakandans and wakanda and the black panther even we meet him in this movie uh this movie we meet our new spider-man peter parker uh toby mcguire i almost said toby mcguire tom holland i think i do want to see toby mcguire as spider-man more um so i'll let that freudian slip stick maybe is a little bit of good luck to see more toby mcguire spider-man even though tom holland spider-man is great um we we meet so many people in this movie that 
when by the time Ant-Man shows up in the movie to assist Steve Rogers in getting to getting through an airport so Steve Rogers can go do what he thinks is right, um, what he knows is right, um, he knows somebody is pulling the strings, that being Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo sets it up to look like Bucky assassinated King T'Chaka of Wakanda, um, also making the Black Panther very, very angry at uh, Captain America and Bucky, the Winter Soldier. Um, where does Scott Lang play a part in this? Well, at the end of the first Ant-Man, we learn that Falcon, through one of Lewis's famous recaps, um, voiceover recaps, we learn that the Falcon is looking for Ant-Man, and Ant-Man shows up just at the right moment of Civil War, where Cap is assembling his team, and um, Falcon pulls him out of the back of a van where he's sleeping. Um, <laughs> Ant-Man is definitely just in the wings. We don't really get any of the outside story of how he got there. We just know that like he is down to help Captain America. Uh, when he gets to see Captain America for the first time, um, we almost like feel his excitement, and... Um, he is like Captain America's squire in this movie, and he pulls off so many moves that actually help Cap get through the airport and to his destination where all the other Winter Soldiers are about to be released um, by Zemo. To Cap, to, well, That's what Cap thinks is about to happen. Um, we later know that Zemo is just trying to tear the Avengers apart, which he does a very good job of doing. Um, but the, the main thing that scott does in this well he does go in iron man suit and he like another uh, signature move of his he goes in iron man suit and messes him up for a little bit um he gets shot off of hawkeye's arrow in this movie um and he lands and strikes punches from there and the biggest thing he does literally is turn into giant man where he turns humongous like bigger than the airplane that he's crushing with his foot um my favorite line is like when my favorite part is when Tony's like, does anyone have any uh, new or miraculous like abilities <laughs> like similar? Like, like, does anyone have anything, anything they're hiding that they would like to present? Like now would be a good time because this is just the most outrageous thing in the world. Having this giant man fight our Avengers. Um, it's like over the top and Tony did not see this coming. Even though Tony brought Spider-Man to the party, um, giant man was the highlight of that fight the fact that he held down for so long up until peter parker decided uh to pull an empire strikes back on him and uh that really old movie empire strikes back and take scott laying down uh and when you know you just get to see scott's mindset for just a second uh when he gets out of giant man form and he pulls his mask up and he says does anybody have any orange slices like it's a football game you know he he's just going out to spar with the avengers and that kind of goes to show that when captain america needed his help um as he goes on to say later, one of my favorite running things in these movies to Endgame, I'll, I'll point out that uh, he tells Hope later, Cap needed my help. And she's like, Cap? You're calling him Cap? Uh, and then at the end of Avengers Endgame, when Hope and Scott meet again, Cap gives an order over the radio and Hope replies to him, sure thing, Cap. And Scott and Hope share this quick moment, like looking at each other like, yeah, I get it. We can call him Cap. My favorite thing about the MCU is when they lay out moments early on in some movies and they pay off in others at times you don't even expect them to.
Civil War happens, and two years later, on July 6th, 2018, we get Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out after Avengers Infinity War, but takes place directly before it, chronologically, until its post credit scene. So, Ant-Man is on house arrest. He's been on house arrest for two years since the incident at the airport um, with Captain America, and... We get to meet Jimmy Woo in this movie, who we later get to see in WandaVision. Jimmy explains to Cassie why Scott is on house arrest. Uh, and it's because he was, uh, you know, riding on the walls with Captain America. Ant-Man and the Wasp starts with Hank and Hope deciding to go into the quantum realm and find her mother and his missing wife um deciding like that she could still very much be down there alive and well uh and that they could save her considering scott came back in the first movie from the quantum realm uh we later learn in this movie that quantum entanglement happened and janet left a message inside of scott's head uh and it was kind of like gps coordinates on how to find her um this is this happened when scott went into the quantum realm in the last movie so up until Hank and Hope learn that Scott can kind of help them, they, they're not really talking to Scott because they're a little PO'd at what Scott did in Germany. He took the Ant-Man suit to go help Captain America, which was against the law and got them all in trouble because it was Hank Pym's technology. So him and Hope are just directly associated with Scott and they're on the run in this movie thanks to Scott and what he did. And we later learn that Hope maybe would have liked a call from Scott to go with to germany to help captain america and she says imagine how we would have done together there it makes you think scott didn't bring his girlfriend the wasp to the giant superhero battle and she was jealous hank pym played by michael douglas which i think it's a treasure that we get michael douglas in the mcu um he certainly has made some enemies throughout his time like being a scientist uh and just like through his experiments and time, like working on things, he um, has some people that he went part ways with. Like we all do, we all part ways with people. Uh, however, in this movie, um, he parted ways with someone he was working on qua the qu a quantum tunnel with. Um, and this guy, you know, was so bitter that he didn't get to continue his work that he kept working on his own on his own quantum tunnel. And this ended up really hurting him. Literally, um, it took his life and his daughter. Ava, uh, who in this movie, we get to see this in a flashback, um, gets subjected to all this like quantum energy from the quantum realm. So she becomes who we know, get to know as ghost. Um, and she's kind of always shifting in and out of reality and being rebuilt. Like she's like maybe different multiverse versions of herself are like constantly shifting in and out of our reality. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming maybe we'll learn a little bit more about her later. Um, cause they kind of set her up as a character in this movie and we don't really get to see her ever again, uh, up to this point where we are in the MCU, you know, however many movies later, like 20 movies later. So I don't know when we're, when, and if we're going to see Ava slash ghost again. Uh, but she's kind of like the conflict in this movie where Dr. Bill Foster played by Lawrence Fishburne, 
he was another former colleague of Hank Pym's. He helps Ava uh, because he knew her father, um, and he she's trying throughout the movie and like throughout her life to help stabilize her. Uh, but it ends. Shield ends up using ghosts as like a Winter Soldier style agent, and she's pretty much just used her whole life. Um, so by the end of this movie, she's basically being torn apart and being brought back together so much uh, through quantum like whatever the quantum realm did to her um that she's gonna die probably like within a month so she basically needs hank pym's technology uh and lab to fix whatever she has uh like this quantum virus she has um so she's kind of like chasing them throughout the entire movie along with a character named sunny birch who is uh, black market dealer and is the one who's selling hope and hank their parts to build their lab um, the lab is transportable and like a mini briefcase that you can move around and it's definitely uh, moved a lot around throughout this movie and stolen by all the interested parties um, so you have the black market dealers and you have ghosts and then you have jimmy woo and the fbi all at play here um in this kind of heist-like movie where everyone's trying to get to the lab and Hope and Hank finally learn um, how to get to Janet in the quantum realm by the end of the movie. And Hank goes into the quantum realm and finds his wife and she is embedded with some sort of superpower that can heal like anything that's quantum related. So she is able to put her hand on Ghost's head at the end of the movie and fix her problem. Um, this is really cool. Um, and towards the end of the movie, another thing that Scott does is he turns extra giant, bigger than we've ever seen him, um, kind of setting up him doing that at a later point, maybe to punch a giant floaty alien monster in the face. Um, he turns into giant man to get this lab back just in time for hank to get out of the quantum realm uh this movie was a lot of fun it had a lot to it and it brought a lot to the world of marvel in a time where uh, not like again a big avengers movie just happened where it was kind of dark um not as you know age of ultron wasn't as dark as infinity war uh, maybe darker in tones and themes uh than in infinity war yet at the end of infinity war we lose everything and in the post credit scene for Ant-Man and the Wasp, we we get two post credit scenes. Um, the first one being Hank, uh, Hank, Janet, and Hope are sending Scott into the quantum realm in this new like quantum realm van uh, that they made and he's going to collect healing particles for ghosts so like again ghost is mentioned even in the post credit scene of this movie uh and then we never hear about her again so i'm assuming we will at one point but the reason scott is going in there is to collect healing particles for her and when he goes in um he's on the radio just fine with everyone on the outside but at that exact moment everyone is snapped away by Thanos and Scott is stuck in the quantum realm. And that's where we leave him at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not the happiest place. Um, the, the, the day is saved and everything is happy and every, the whole movie is bright and cheery up until the point where Thanos, another entity from another huge movie that like just happened. We almost let ourselves forget like that that's going to happen. Um, everyone is just gone. And that is just such a devastating blow to uh scott but we don't even we don't know how that's gonna play out for scott we don't know how scott's gonna get out of there um 
I loved that there was a year between Infinity War and Endgame. It really let us feel the loss of those heroes in Infinity War. And the fact that we got a a follow-up slash prequel in Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was such a much-needed, like, like light Marvel experience in comparison to Infinity War where we lost so much, um, only to lose it again and have that same impact we brought back at the end of this movie take away all of our, literally take away our hope and uh, bring us back to the present and the real threat at hand, which is Thanos. How are we going to deal with him? Um, And then later we got Captain Marvel and then hence Endgame where... Scott Lang plays a big part. Uh, Avengers Endgame was released on April 22nd, 2019. And we see the fallout from the snap. And it immediately, our Avengers go take out Thanos on uh, the planet that he was hiding out. And we get the big five years later in Avengers Endgame that uh, brings us to our present year right now, 2023. Uh, It's kind of crazy to think about that it's been five years since 2018's Avengers Endgame in May. And when Thanos snaps in 2018, it brings us to the five years later, which is our 2023. Um, so if you can, if you want to like think as a reference point, it's been that amount of time now. Um, and this is the year that the Avengers assemble go back in time and get those stones and fix everything that Thanos did. Um, where does Scott Lang play in all this? Well, he plays the most, if not the integral part to making this all happen. Um, he is the one who brings brings forth Hank Pym's technology to the table um, to meet Tony Stark, um, someone who has never really worked directly with him technology um separately uh and what is the thing that takes scott out of the quantum realm it's a rat and this is like fate at hand here five years later scott gets zapped out of his van in a storage shelter and this is another five years lost with cassie um he runs to find out if cassie was eliminated um and by the way we get um Ken Jeong from Community, uh, he's a security guard that helps um, Ant-Man out of the storage facility. Uh, he doesn't. We, we assume he helps him. We see him in the office, and um, there's a lot of homage in the Russo brother, Russo brother Marvel movies to the cast of Community, um, and we get two in this movie. We get him, and then we get Shirley later um, when Steve and Tony are at the military facility. Um, in their second time travel attempt to get the Tesseract. Uh, anyways, that's just a little ta- a little tidbit off off course, off topic. Um, I'll have a whole other episode about Endgame at one point just to pay homage to it. Um, it's an amazing movie, but Ant-Man's part in Endgame is so important because he immediately, once he finally reunites with Cassie, who we lost another five years with, which we can... Uh, add the first three years at the beginning of Ant-Man with the two years on house arrest in Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, and now five years um, that Cassie was on Earth living without Scott. That's a ten years that Scott lost with his daughter Cassie and Cassie is like almost like it looks like she's like 18 now. Um, like they, they, I feel like they aged her up a little bit more um, 
in Endgame from where she was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Just helping us feel how Scott feels just even that much more. Like, wow, Scott missed out on like his daughter's entire life. But that really isn't addressed in Endgame because Scott realizes what actually happened uh, at one point that Hope, Janet, Hank are all gone through the snap and what he has been doing in the quantum realm can probably uh, with all the movies he's seen like back to the future and everything. And the fact that he was there for five hours, which timed out to be five years by the time he got out, Scott is able to put together that this can lead to time travel. And I want to go back in time and fix this. Um, so he brings it directly to the Avengers facility. And I remember that being the end of the trailer in Endgame, where Scott Lang uh, is like, hey, it's me, Scott Lang. You know, we fought together. Uh, do you remember me? Um, he brings this idea to the table, um, to which he he's like, I know this is crazy. Um, and Black Widow's like, I get emails from a, a talking raccoon. You know, nothing's really crazy. Um, and he's like, he wants to do a time heist. And he, they bring it to Tony Stark. And um, he's like, do you think, you know, don't you think that's like laughable? You know, isn't isn't time a time heist like a laughable idea? Um, Tony firmly puts them down. And uh, Scott and co uh, recruit the Hulk, Professor Hulk, which in this movie was a shocking reveal. We had a few shocking reveals in this movie from Professor Hulk to Big Thor. At the time, I insensitively called him Fat Thor, being a fat guy myself. Um, not in an insulting way, just owning it. Uh, just like Thor does at one point. Uh, he loses all that weight. Um, <laughs> I would like to get on the Thor train. So before they get Tony Stark on it with them, like on on their side, they're doing, um, with Professor Hulk and Black Widow and Steve, they're doing trials with the quantum technology that they have. They're just doing what they can. And while trying to do time travel, they ended up end up pushing Scott, uh, time through Scott, where Scott is like turned into a little baby, an old man, a kid, and Scott <laughs> like pees himself in the process. Um, poor Scott Lang. Uh, however, he's a willing participant to just go back in time and fix what was done from the very beginning. Um, Scott Lang is driven on fixing what happened. Uh, so he is an Avenger. Scott Lang is finally an Avenger um, by Endgame, uh, working with our main heroes, uh, the original heroes from the first Avengers movie to get our fallen heroes back. Eventually, Iron Man of uh, invents time travel, and he rejoins the avengers he only wants peace he says and they do end up pulling off a time heist um scotland goes back to the battle of new york and does what he does best he goes into iron man's like chest uh light uh, the thing that powers iron man like iron man's heart at this point and he um gives a mild a mild cardiac dysrhythmia as iron man puts it um and this, the heist that he does uh, with with Tony doesn't really work out. Um, it ends up setting up the events for Loki. So we can thank Ant-Man for the TV show Loki as well. Um, in that Hulk smashes down the stairs and at the exact moment, I mean, it wasn't really Ant-Man who caused Iron Man to be there when the Hulk smashed out of the stairs Um dropping the tesseract and hence loki getting away spinning off into a whole crazy series of events that lead to the creation of the multiverse um and that is 
kind of important in that Loki leads to He Who Remains. I won't go too far into He Who Remains who hasn't for those who haven't seen Loki, but those who have seen Loki and have seen the trailers for Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania definitely see some similarities. Um, that's all I'll say uh, at this exact moment, although next week's episode talking about quantum mania we're going to go all into that so there will be full spoilers for loki next week um so the avengers complete the time heist and all hope is restored in the universe when uh half the universe is snapped back except for the fact that thanos is brought from 2014 through nebula who snuck her way back with the avengers in their time heist the nebula switched places and a giant war must take place uh, between Thanos' army and our returning Avengers, uh, in which we get to see Giant Man uh, punch one of the giant floaty aliens from Avengers. They have names. I think it's called, like, their Leviathans or something like that. Um, we also get uh, the Wasp doing some amazing things in Endgame. Uh, she has help. That part where all the female Avengers get together, um, the Wasp comes out at the perfect time and does her, what she does best, uh, you know, jumping out of being small into being big and punching things in the face. Um, and that moment where, don't worry, Cap, we got this, you know. I love the camaraderie between Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the, to get them see, uh, to get to see them fight together on a battlefield at the end of Endgame, um, helping restore what Scott lost at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. It also helps Scott have a fully full round story um in endgame and uh at the end of endgame we get to see scott lang hope and his daughter cassie sitting out looking at the sky um so we leave them on a very happy note um although cassie is much older now scott has everything he lost back at the end of avengers endgame uh we'll come back on the show to avengers endgame i could talk about that movie for a long time so we get ant-man's story starting all the way at the end of phase two and continuing onward being the first movie of phase five so ant-man is like an og avenger at this point and he's earned his stars and stripes and badges as an avenger um so going forward and the, the for the future of ant-man um he is kind of legendary in the mcu like he is part of the stories being told of who saved the world and who brought back half the population um and scott lang's story is known in my recap episode for phase four i mentioned when i was talking about miss marvel um how scott lang i said he had a book uh, at avengers con and it's actually a podcast that was being talked about scott lang is has a podcast so hopefully we learn a little bit about that in the next movie i can only hope that in quantum mania we get to see how scott is dealing with being a superhero now an actual superhero to where in in avengers endgame before the big fight um everyone's wanted to take a picture with hulk and nobody really knows who ant-man is at that point and now we're going to get to see what life is like for him when he's kind of Tony Stark level known like he well he didn't he didn't snap um, Thanos away and sacrifice himself like Black Widow did um, or Tony did however he's fought on the front lines with the Avengers and contributed to the saving of not even the world but the the universe um, when they brought back half of all the population uh, 
through his idea of a time heist. So if there was no Ant-Man, that probably never would have happened. If there was no rat to step on that switch to pull Ant-Man out of the quantum realm at the right time in Endgame. Um, now, we have a new villain coming forth in Quantum Mania called Kang the Conqueror, um, and he's kind of presented in the trailers as like, you know, a neutral party, but we do in later trailers see them kind of throwing down, um, and I, I, it never looked so personal it, for, for Ant-Man. It, it never looked so personal. This might be a darker movie for him. Um, with all the comedy we get in the first two, this seems to be more of a stage setter for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, and it's still Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's not just Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it kind of always has been. Hope Van Dyne ha, Dime has been in the Ant-Man movies from the first movie, um, kicking butt. You know, she she's teaching um, Scott Lang how to fight in the first movie. So she is trained, uh, and she, she is such a cool hero in her in that of her. So I hope we don't lose um, any of these heroes. I, as much as, like, it would be really cool and probably brave for us to lose someone in this movie man would that really suck to lose the wasp um there is a marvel zombies episode where i'm worried there's like foreshadowing to losing the wasp like losing the wasp is an absolute point in time um what if hank loses the wasp uh hank and scott i meant to say scott uh but what if they what if we lose hope in this movie uh to kang at the hands of kang that would be very very hard for scott um and it would kind of set the tone for what kang does to avengers um which is that he defeats them um in one of the trailers uh i've seen a clip online where uh kang says um are you an avenger have i killed you before so I don't know if that's going to make the movie. Sometimes Marvel advertisements will put things in like the trailers. Like, for example, in Avengers Infinity War, you see the Hulk running with the Avengers at the end of the movie when that never happens. We never get the Hulk at in, in the Battle of Wakanda. But he is in the trailers fighting at the Battle of Wakanda, uh, making for an alternate universe, a glimpse into an alternate universe, uh, but also giving the audience expectations of something that doesn't even happen like they sometimes paint scenes in marvel trailers and movies to look like completely different backgrounds from the setting that we're actually going to get in the movie so if you think this trailer is giving away a little bit too much well in my opinion i think the atman and the wasp trailer probably gave away a little too much compared to marvel trailers um i i will say that that they could go ahead and change everything from the trailer and it'll be a huge surprise. I think the reasoning in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania trailer revealing so much is that this is probably a very important staple movie for Marvel fans to go watch going forward. And it's going to be like the rest of the story of the multiverse saga will probably hinge on this first movie of phase five, that being quantum mania. And I think we're going to be talking about quantum mania for years. And I'm, I'm hoping it's as good as it's looking to be. Um, you, you don't want to set your hopes up too high. Um, because you want to be you want to be impressed and marvel usually does that the trailer is it, it, while it being revealing it's it looks like a damn good movie i can only hope we get more ant-man going forward past quantum mania it's hard to say or you know predict what's going to happen 
past a movie you haven't seen yet that that movie quantum mania is gonna you know have so much significance and so much in it um i but for the future of ant-man i really hope that we get um at least another ant-man movie past quantum mania and more of him in the avengers um but thinking that far ahead is a little crazy having not seen the next one yet pim particles the quantum realm quantum uh, entanglement we've went through all of ant-man and the wasp's journey today uh and i think scott lang losing 10 years with his daughter um is huge if you if you add that time together um going in to quantum mania um and what scott's motivations are going to be as a human being let alone a hero um and what scott has always stood for was you know his family um while he's made some mistakes along the way it's always been with the best of intentions um i don't think he saw captain america as any bit of a threat and the fact that captain america needed his help in civil war um and he answered just goes to show that you know he's gonna help the good guy in his eyes um at, at any and all costs so uh i'm looking forward to seeing where his story goes um and along with the wasp um the wasp could probably carry her own movie eventually lily she deserves uh that but to have her not with uh scott lang is just awkward because they're 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 similar heroes and um well i think it's important that they stay together i think you know they're like a batman and robin just because they're lovers doesn't mean they're not partners as well um and i think they're essential to each other uh it's going to be really sad if we lose one of them but if we lose ant-man in in ant-man and the wasp quantum media that will be really hard um i can't imagine scott losing actually losing his daughter after all this it doesn't seem fair however at the end of avengers endgame we lose tony and in that very movie tony says he'd like to get out of this without losing his life uh and that doesn't it doesn't go that way for tony uh so anything can happen and marvel will probably hurt us a little bit uh going forward in the multiverse saga i just know we're going to lose a couple of heroes after everything they've brought in um we need the drama as well uh so i i'm i'm cautiously optimistic going forward um but i can only uh know that there's great stories to come and uh thank you for listening today to this special episode of marvel maniac and mcu after show where we look at ant-man and the wasp journey through the mcu next time we will be talking about ant-man and the wasp quantum mania uh the start off point of phase five it's it's just an exciting time to be a fan of marvel right now and don't forget wherever you're listening give us a rating so we can get out to as many listeners as possible Join the discussion. Email me at marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on Ant-Man and uh, where you want to see him go in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or any of your Marvel thoughts. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash marvelmaniac. This is Eric Cicada, your host, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, and it has been my pleasure. Until next time, Avengers, disassemble.